Good morning, Irvine, and welcome to another great episode of Sports Matters. I'm your host, Kevin Drake, and alongside with Matt Burt. How's it going? And we have a special guest in studio from uh, iSports Web, Pasha Zafagari. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Good morning, Irvine. It's nice to have you up earlier. Is this normally you get up around this time? Uh, I will probably usually be waking up around this time, <laughs> but, uh, but I don't mind waking up a little early. It's nice to get the day started. Well, that's good. It's so nice to have you in the studio. I mean, there's so many things going on in the sporting world. You know, the baseball playoffs. I was watching the game last night, and the Yankees made it interesting. Office of Explosion, 1-8-1, to kind of made that series 2-1, to but I'm still taking the Astros. They yeah. got Verlander and Kuschel. Keichel. 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 I was thinking, of, I'm old school, Rick Ruschel. <laughs> it's a great series, but when you have those two starters, probably take it in six. Yeah, I, the more exciting matchup would be Dodgers Yankees just because the history and stuff. Oh, I know. The Astros just seem so powerful. Right uh, now, we're probably going to get that. Maybe not this year, but the Yankees are really building a powerhouse there. It's an up and coming team. And Joe Girardi even said, he goes, this reminds him of the 1996 Yankees when they were down 0 2 against the Atlanta Braves in the World Series and they took four straight. And they weren't even really picked to even win the World Series that year. They just had a good season and made it in the year after Don Mattingly retires. <laughs> well, you Imagine know, that. if they have that matchup, the MLB wins, like yeah. no doubt about that. Cause that's going to be the most viewership. Simple as that. But if it doesn't happen this year, it will certainly happen next year. Maybe. LA Dodgers are, you know, they're at the top of their game. They got the, the depth, but the key is they got the right manager that knows how to use his bullpen, knows how to shake things up. And they got a stellar starting staff. Is you Darvish on the team next year, or is his contract up this year? His contract's up this year. It's up this yeah. year, but who knows? They might re-up Hopefully him. Hopefully they re-up him. Possibly. Yeah. I, I really like the combo of him and Kershaw. If they can keep them, too, I think I think they'll go, they'll go far next year. Yeah, you kind of need that one-two punch. Which would you say? It's Kuchel? Kuchel? How do you Keichel. say that? Keichel. Keichel. <laughs> Dallas Keichel. Hey, third time's a charm. Now I got it. Keichel. <laughs> uh, but you know what? I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm sticking with my prediction. I predicted it in the very beginning is Cubs-Astros. That's my – and I'll stick with it. You know, I know the Dodgers are playing some pretty good ball right now, but they have to go back to, to Chicago. True. And this is a team that, you know, doesn't quit. Like, you, you look at them, the Cubs in the past, they, they just don't quit. They don't go away easily. So, I think it's going to be it, – I mean, obviously, you're – right now, if you're a Dodgers fan, you're just ecstatic. You're over the moon. But you got to come back down. You still haven't won yet. Still got two more games to win. So Absolutely. Just, you're right. Don't fall asleep on the champs. Exactly. You don't fall asleep on the champs. I said that twice because I mean what I say. <laughs> Yeah, it's just the the talent of the Dodgers right now. Like I, I I definitely get don't fall fall asleep on the champs, but the Dodgers just seem just so good. Like one through one through nine, one through like they they had Puig batting eighth for like all the season. I don't know any other team that has that deep of a of a batting lineup. Maybe the Astros. Maybe the maybe Astros. the Astros. Well, the Yankees have Todd Frazier batting eighth. Yeah, that's crazy. And he was batting cleanup when he was in Cincinnati. So this is true. <laughs> I mean, what Justin Justin uh, Turner has been doing is unbelievable, though. Oh, he's guy, amazing. He's been on a roll in the postseason. Even last postseason, he was carrying the team. So, I mean, I'm really a big fan of him. 
I, even though I'm from Northern California and I can't consider myself a Dodgers fan, but I do respect the Dodgers a whole lot. I just think, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't sleep on these Cubs, you know, like they don't give up. Like I watched them against uh, in their final game against, oh, who were they playing last series against the, the Nationals? Oh, this year. Yeah. yeah, this year. And then, and then last year against the Indians when they, they, they were down early in the game and then they gave up the home run. Then this year, you look at them, and they were down the entire game against the Nationals, and then they come back, they get five runs in the fifth, and then they they have their closer go in for two and two-thirds innings, who's never pitched beyond two and two-thirds innings in a Cubs uniform. It was unbelievable. So I wouldn't wouldn't sleep on them at all. Oh, it's not going to be a sweep by any means. It's going to be a great series, just like what the Yankees did. The Yankees, this was a must-win for the Yankees, and they got the W. It's just, you know, with Verlander and Keuchel. <laughs> there we go. You got it done. Yeah, I just, I just had to inject that in there. With just those to two. to the listeners. I Indeed. And plus, Astros have a, a stellar bullpen. And I think the Dodgers have a stellar bullpen. Dave Roberts, like I said, is, is using them right. I mean, I think they'll edge them out in seven games. But uh, this is going to be a series. It's going to be exciting. That's what we want for the NLCS and for the ALCS. Sweeps I, are not good. Yeah. True. As we saw from the NBA playoffs last season, it was like True. 10 sweeps and then the finals. And it was basically, okay, everyone else duke it out for like who's going to lose to the Warriors and yeah. the Cavs next. Well, one of the reason why is we have Pasha in here is he was a beat writer for the Milwaukee Bucks, the Sacramento Kings, and the Utah Jazz. What a lucky devil you are. <laughs> what, a, what a three-team combo. <laughs> You don't have my L.A. Lakers or Matt's Golden State Warriors? What's the matter? Well, I, I have a personal <laughs> blog where I do Lakers stuff, but when I when I started working with iSportsWeb, they're like, okay, give us your top five teams, and I gave it, and then they're like, all right, well, we don't have enough writers for the Jazz, the Bucks, and the Kings, which I kind of anticipated because everyone wants to write for the Lakers. I mean, not to be a homer, but... <laughs> yeah, you got to go where you need it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But there are three teams, there are three... Okay, there are two up-and-coming teams and the Kings. And the Kings are just like, because sometimes you like seeing a trash fire. And you just oh, like come on. That's sad. <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I like what the Kings have done, though. You know, I, I like getting De'Aaron Fox and combining him with Willie Cauley-Stein. I think that's just a I – don't, I don't necessarily think that it's like – they're still a project. They're a rebuild. But for me – in the NBA, it's just it's all about finding talent in the draft. Like it's as simple as that. You look at how the Warriors built their system, and they did it through the draft. They had one really good draft where they got Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. I mean, like Steph those, Curry. They got Steph Curry mm. through the draft, and that, they built their core around that. And then they bring in a guy like Durant, like I'm, Harrison Barnes in the second Harrison round. Barnes, no, no, no. They got Harrison Barnes in the first round. Who was they the got steal? They got in the second. Draymond, Draymond Green, Green in the second. Thirty-six pick. Yeah. But I mean, like you, you have three. Out. I think you have three of the up and coming teams. You, you, I, I'm really a big fan of these Bucks. I think Giannis. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I think the Greek Freak wins the MVP this year. This year might be a little early. I do think he is not only going to be the MVP because we have these conversations of who's the MVP and who's the best player in the league. But I think Giannis is going to be the best player in the league in like two, three years. Once LeBron kind of slows down a little bit. Him and Durant are kind of on the same timeline, and then I think it's Giannis's league coming up this year. I would love to see it, but uh, I think I think LeBron's going for his last MVP this year. Ooh, that that would be fun to watch. I mean, them going back at it. Well, let me ask you, since you're an avid Lakers fan, I've been dying. I, as soon as I got you, like I called you, got you Lakers yesterday. fan over here too. So, nice. okay, okay, so right. I should yeah. scooch closer to you. <laughs> <laughs> Who will have a better season, Lonzo Ball or D'Angelo Russell? Ooh. 
I like D'Angelo Russell a lot. I think he's super talented, and I think he was really unfairly judged in in Lakers circles. A lot of fans, we want like the last Laker to have a great rookie year was like Magic Johnson, and yeah, every Laker fan wants their rookie to be Magic Johnson, which is unfair. The guy's like one of the best of all time. The one thing that did concern me is I heard a lot of rumors or a lot of reports from writers from basketball players that D'Angelo Russell didn't necessarily have the right attitude where a lot of vets would come up to him and say hey like let's practice and he would say no I'm okay like I'm fine being on my own and that kind of rubbed a guy like Magic Johnson the wrong way when he took over ownership and then you have someone like Lonzo Ball who already has more star power than any Lakers since Kobe and you can't you can't have him and D'Angelo Russell kind of fighting for the lead guard together so I understand the move but I think D'Angelo Russell will have a better season this year okay so well my whole thinking was when you were saying that is to your point yes like yeah I don't think he has the personality fit because you look at what he did the the Nick Young I mean he just threw him on blast he threw him under the bus in that Instagram post but to me I think D'Angelo Russell was um you know he's gonna have the better season and I think he's going to a team where he's gonna be, have to be the guy like he's the guy for the future I mean you're not gonna build the team around who else do they have they don't really have very much. Uh, they did. They haven't. <laughs> we also you look at D'Angelo Russell. He's already had two years in the NBA, yeah. where Alonzo hasn't played a, a minute other than you know summer league and preseason. But he hasn't played a regular season game well, yet. Well, plus the fact that they're going to move him to the shooting guard, which is you know, I mean that they they couldn't have done that with the Lakers because I mean that you look at like what they've done. I mean, obviously you could have kept him and then drafted Alonzo Ball. But you would be lacking severely at the big man position. So the trade that they made was very smart. Um, but I will say that I think the Nets are right now, they're not the team to look at because they haven't had a top draft pick in so long. They traded away that, that deal with that got him Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. It's just coming back to haunt them so, in so many ways. And I think, you know, for the Nets to look at this, getting D'Angelo Russell, it's like getting a good draft pick for them. And they have a lot of cap space, so they could soak up uh, Timothy Mozgov. Zach Lowe, on one of his podcasts, uh, before all the trades and stuff happened, uh, in the offseason, he was saying that if I were the Nets, I'd just take on the worst contracts and say, hey, add a good piece to it. And that's exactly what they did with the Laker trade. Timothy Mozgov, probably the worst, if not one. <laughs> well, Chandler Parsons might be yeah, the worst yeah, yeah. contract in the league right now. But And we still have Luol Deng, which just shows the inadequacies of Jim Buss when he was running the Lakers. Like, you really think Luol Deng and Timothy Mozgov, A, are going to get us to the playoffs, and B, are worth over like $60, 70000000 million? He was just in over his head. Jeannie Buss definitely has more basketball knowledge than Jim Buss, and, and the right moves were made. So let's not <laughs> relive history. It's, it's good to know. Yeah, the definitely. biggest steal in the draft are saying now could be... Kyle Kuzma. Kuzma. MVP Kyle Kuzma, <laughs> Hall of Famer Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> I love every it. Honor, I love it. Every honor. How so did we steal this kid? And Matt, what you, is you were just ripping on the nets about the trade. Well, that was a trade. That, that was the draft pick that the Lakers got. Well, you know what? Let, let me put this out there. I think the steal of the draft is Jordan Bell. Period. Mm. Like I, I think that Kyle Kuzma is good too. Don't get me wrong. But what is but a where realistic... he was selected? The biggest steal of the draft. Where, where, where was Jordan Bell selected? Where was Second he? Round. I think he was top uh, top five in terms of that GM survey. But the fact that the Bulls, who are trying to get this new young energetic thing, traded Jordan Bell for like three million dollars. I know. Like cash considerations. This guy has the skill to be, and I don't I don't like hyperbole that much, but he has the body and the skill to be a Draymond Light. Maybe even, like, he's learning from Draymond. He yeah. could become a Draymond. 
and Chicago just let him go. This it's sh- absolutely insane. <laughs> the you, Warriors were like, yep. <laughs> have you seen the Instagram Jordan Bell blocking things? No. It's like pictures of Jordan Bell, and one of them is like the ET scene where they're going to the moon, and Jordan Bell's just blocking <laughs> them. It's, it's pretty funny. I guess it's a big steal for the Warriors. Yeah. Getting Jordan Bell. For the Warriors. But in terms of Kuzma, uh, I love Kuzma. I think he's a better starting four for the starting lineup just because we lack three-point shooting so so bad. Julius Randle, his only skill is pushing the ball up the floor after a rebound, and Luke Walton told him not to do it. So, like, why are you taking away his best skill? And it makes sense if you're playing with Lonzo. So, so how much do you see Kuzma playing this year? Like, realistically, because you got Julius Randle and you got Larry Nance. Larry Nance, I've heard, is slated to – or that some people are predicting is slating to start, which I, I like him, but he's an energy guy off the bench for a good team. I think Kuzma – I really believe Kuzma by maybe end of December, early January will be the starting four. But mm-hmm. – like I also want to tell I know I said give him the Hall of Fame give him all stars <laughs> Jordan Clarkson also had a year kind of like this where he was our second round pick first year he came out everyone was like oh my god this guy is so good but he kind of came into the league at the peak of his abilities because he was also a four year guy in college came in and really good so Kuzma is playing against other rookies when he's a four year guy he is really good but I'm just saying it's very possible he could become a Jordan Clarkson as well so let's temper a little bit, but yeah. I do love his skill at the starting four spot for our team. It's all about chemistry and how it all ties in together. You know, who your first string team is and who's your rotation, your bench players are coming in, and how that's all going to parlay out. How deep are they going to play? They'll probably go maybe, it always works in the playoffs where you're going like eight, nine deep, but yeah. this might be a ten deep team. Yeah, with worse teams, you kind of have to go deeper just because it's like, okay, we'll have to beat them with energy then with skill, but, <laughs> but we'll see, we'll see. Who wins rookie of the year? Ooh. We're going to go around the room. We're sending it around the horn. I'm going to give the not hot take of Ben Simmons. Just because he's yeah. been in the year already. He's really good. Man, that's a tough one. I, I It's kind of hard to go against Ben Simmons. Because uh, technically he would be a rookie this year. Yeah. Because he missed all last year. Similar to what Blake Griffin did. Woo, between Kyle Kuzma <laughs> and Ben Simmons. I, I guess I'll lean towards Ben Simmons, even though I want to say That's Kyle Kuzma. Hair, well, hair. You know, you guys took what I was going to say. So, uh, I mean, like, I would say Ben Simmons, but you know what? You're to make it Lonzo interesting, Ball. I'm not going Lonzo Ball. Ball. No, I'm, I'm going Dennis Smith Jr. for the Dallas Mavericks. That's not a bad pick at all. That guy can fly. He, can, yeah. he is so good, and Dallas has no one. Like, Dallas is starting Dirk Nowitzki at center. The poor guy, like... Like, DeMarcus Cousins no, 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 over, box him out, and every bone in Dirk's body no, no, no. is going to break. They, they, they have to start Noel. They have to start Nerlens. But the but Carlisle is a big attitude guy. Like, there are very few coaches anymore that are kind of the stern disciplinary guy, and that kind of coach has kind of become extinct, except for guys like Carlisle and Popovich. And Noel being kind of... I was about to curse. I will already <laughs> kind of mean in his mean, uh, yeah. contract negotiations. Uh, it really rubbed Carlisle the wrong way, and I think that's 100% why he's he's benching him. And he's like, okay, if you're going to take a qualifying offer and try to get a better contract next year, I'm just not going to play you. But I think once Dirk gets some sort of ticky-tack injury, Noel will start, and then he'll see he has to start him. Well, I mean, like, you're going to have Harrison Barnes at the four. I think that's that's a little insane, to be honest with you. He, I don't think he's big enough to play the four. But, I mean, you, I think the, that you look at the Dallas Mavericks, they're a while away from, you know, being the super contender. So that's why I think Dennis Smith Jr. is going to have a big season. I mean, you, know, you look at all these people, because still, 
in the NBA, yes, you're going to have teams that win, but the losing team also scores right around 100 points, and someone's got to score those points. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm a big proponent of like looking at guys on bad teams, figuring out what they can do. Um, so my question is, is if you were to pick one team besides the Warriors that could come up and dethrone, who would it be? This was a tough one because obviously the Cavs are going to face him. Yeah. So the Cavs have the best chance to do it. But when you have Dwayne Wade as their starting shooting guard and Derrick Rose as their starting point and guard. And Derrick Rose is yeah. looking really good. If Derrick Rose returns to any glimpse of his MVP caliber year that he had. Ooh. But even in his MVP year, he couldn't shoot the three ball that well. And with the Warriors, every two ball you make, they're going to make a three. And the best way to beat them is either have an amazingly good rebounding team or an amazingly good three-point shooting team that can defend, like that can switch, which is why I'll say Houston Rockets. They have two superstars, which everyone knows to be a like good championship team. You need a- at least two top fifteen players, top twenty players, um, and they signed PJ Tucker and Luke Mbamute, and they have Trevor Reza, all three guys that can switch on to Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, and uh, I mean PJ Tucker more so for Draymond Green. But these guys can switch, and I think they can give the Warriors a lot of trouble. Well, I think you're looking at the movement now to 3 and D players. Besides Luke Mamba and Mute, those are two 3 and D players and P.J. Tucker and Trevor Ariza. And I think that's where the NBA's head is. Like, can you play defense? Can you shoot three-pointers? All right, you can play. Like, it's as simple as that. I think, yeah, I'm going to agree with with you about the Rockets. But I think there's so much hype around the Thunder. And I don't think it's warranted. I think the Thunder could do some damage. I think they can give them a good run for their money. I just, to me. Got to see how it all plays out, how it comes together. Because I mean, Russell Westbrook's not going to have to get a triple double. We know he can do just about everything, he, anything that he wants to do. Paul George is a great defender. I, I do agree that they have Carmelo, great players. Carmelo is a great shooter, so he can kind of help you know you know, neutralize things you know with the three points, especially when he gets hot. He was one of our best players during the international competition for the Team USA. So, and if you put I, a hoodie on them, yeah, yeah, they got those hoodie jerseys now with Nike, you know, and they got some, you know, tough guys that could do some grit, getting rebounds. And I wouldn't count out the Thunder, and I definitely would not count out the Spurs. Yeah, they're just their system. It's just so it's just so fine tuned that if it wasn't for, for uh, Kawhi Leonard going down. It could have been a different series last year. Not to say that they would win the series, but it could have pushed it to seven. In terms of San Antonio and OKC, one of the things that the Warriors did, because everyone thought the Warriors can't get better, and the Warriors did get better by getting even deeper. So now they have like the young defensive rookie in Jordan Bell. They have a really streaky shooter, but Warriors know how to get a streaky shooter going in Nick Young. And Omri Caspi is one of these guys that Underrated. I have no idea how he got went for the minimum. This guy can defend. Yeah. He's a very efficient shooter. And the Warriors just got him on a minimum. He's like their 11th guy. Yeah. And OKC, they they definitely made the right moves, but their bench is lacking. They have Patrick Patterson and Raymond Felton as their two best bench guys. But uh, but the Spurs again, they I think they're the only team. The Warriors like when they play, the Warriors are actually a little intimidated by not intimidated, but like a little bit of a oh shit, it's the it's the Spurs. <laughs> they still beat them, I think, but. I, I, they're well coached. They got a great superstar. They got a great defensive scheme, and they're always counted out every single year. So I'm glad you brought them up because I probably would have forgot to. Well, I, I think you look at what the Spurs do well, and that's pass. And, and you look at what the play Thunder defense do. system. Okay, yes, they play defense and they pass. All right, but the Thunder, 
they are solely their whole strategy is to play isolation basketball. It has always been the case, even when KD and Russell Westbrook were on the same team. You look at their numbers in terms of of what they had to do. There's a lot of one-on-one isolation ball. Can you beat them? Okay, and they're trying to take that mentality and push it with this team with the three of the top ten best isolation players in the NBA. Like, if you want to say, oh, that's not true, like, no, I'll prove you wrong. Like, I have stats behind it. Um, So if you look at it like that, I don't think isolation basketball wins compared to, like, team basketball. I don't think that at all. So that's why my knock on the Thunder is, like, you're trying to base this around isolation basketball, which to me, in my opinion, is flawed. Although, Were they playing that preseason? I mean, did you see any of their preseason games? I have not. I saw they almost lost to a team in Australia. They almost no. lost to Bisbane. Hmm. I mean, they lost by one, they won by one point. It's like, Bisbane. <laughs> no, it's just like, you can tell this was probably one of, uh, outside, in the world of basketball, because the Australians have a great Olympic team, never do much. I think this might have been the greatest moment in Australian <laughs> basketball history. They, they lost by one. <laughs> but uh, the thing is with the ISO ball, because they played that ISO when they took the Warriors to seven, but that was when they had Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, when they had two of the, like, maybe top five players yeah. in the NBA. Easily. And then it was it was possible. But then you put Durant on the Warriors, and then you have uh, Paul George and Carmelo Anthony, who I don't think their atti- their past attitude problems are spoken about enough. Melo is pretty much hated in New York. Like, did you guys see they took a subway stand and they put, like, disappointment in orange and blue? Did you guys see that? Yeah, yeah. they can't put it all on him. They, they can't, but he is unliked, and he was one of these guys who was like, okay, trade the team for... When he was in Denver, he's like, trade everything for me because I want to go there now. Uh, was, like, got a no-trade clause. That wasn't his fault. That was Phil's fault. But, uh, and then you have Paul George, who, again, a lot of reporters say has some attitude problems, isn't always the nicest guy to the media. And you have three guys, which I love Russell Westbrook, and hopefully he can lead them, but they they got some attitudes on their team that hopefully doesn't become a problem midway through the season. Yeah, I agree with that. And, I, you know, I was I was listening to the Colin Cowherd, and Colin Cowherd is like, let's not count on the Warriors. Like, injuries, Steph Curry's gotten injured, Durant's got injured. I was like, you look at two, like, Melo got injured too. He was injured for the last two seasons, and Paul George has been injured. And look at Chris Paul too. Like, they've all been injured. Like, that's not justification, like, for saying other teams are good. Everyone gets injured. Yeah. That's the Injuries point. are part of the game. It, it happens. It doesn't matter. It it can happen to anyone. It's just it's a free kind of thing. I got a question. I got a, I yeah, got we're, a good we're one. Starting to run out of we're time, starting so. to run out of time. And I got one more after you. So uh, <laughs> after you, Matt. All right. Jabari Parker's out right now with the Bucks. When he comes back, what does that mean for Chris Middleton? I think Chris Middleton is going to be the number two guy all season. So he'll stay at the two. You won't move to the three. He'll. Oh no, no no. He'll he'll play the three. I think right now, but. Uh, I am one of these pessimists. I don't think Jabari Parker's coming back full strength at all. I think two two ACL injuries in the same leg. If I were the Bucks, I would be looking to trade him just to see before he gets back on the court. And I know that's really mean. He's the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. Every interview you see, like I really, really want nothing but the best for him. But two ACL tears in the same leg, I don't think he's going anywhere near it. And I think if the Bucks want to contend, they need that third player. And Chris Middleton last year pushed himself to the number two guy to Giannis's one guy and uh I mean I hope he comes back but if he comes back strong 
if he starts at power forward, I see Chris Middleton move into the shooting guard, but still being second option on defense, on offense. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Sports Matters here, and tonight is opening night for NBA basketball. Oh, yeah. What are your expectations for the Lakers this year? <laughs> Do you think they sneak in and get that eighth seed, or you think we're just there a year behind? I wish, and I'll, I want to say they make it, but they're not making it. The West is just too stacked. We're just too young. And I, I really don't see it. The one thing I am happy about, though, is the Lakers no longer have control over if they get if their pick is first, they don't have control over it, and if it's sixth down, they don't have control over it. So at least hopefully we won't go all out tank. So that's that's all I'm hoping for. And there are tonight's matchups could be the preview of the Eastern Conference Finals oh. and the Western Conference Finals. You got Boston versus Cleveland tonight. Who wins? I'm taking Cleveland. I'll take Cleveland as well. Yeah, I'm taking Boston. And then LeBron James might not play. By and then the, way. the late oh shoot the late night game. I'm still taking Cleveland. And the late night game, Houston Rockets and the Golden State Warriors. I already know who Matt's taking the Warriors. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be a really interesting game, but I yeah. think Houston has to be full strength to beat the Warriors, and True. it'll take midseason. So I'm yeah. the Warriors. Yeah, gotta go the Warriors, the defending champs. Like you said, you can't sleep on the Cubs. You certainly can't sleep on the Warriors. <laughs> I don't think anyone <laughs> is. There's if anyone one. is, they're, then they're expected. So. <laughs> well, thank you all for tuning in to Sports Matters here. You can tune in to us on SoundCloud. I'll have this podcast up from this show today because it was a good show today. I thought it was a yeah, great. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to have you back again, Pasha. So thanks again. Pasha Zofagari, thank you from iSports Web. And you will certainly be back because <laughs> NBA is just getting started. <laughs> Enjoy the season, guys. No, 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 them can't, cause this